Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater release movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Sith Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that thinks you should just let your dad go for a walk, man. It's Sith Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every weekend or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Yeah. I'm Aaron Dicer, and he's my ever-endearing co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Oh, hi. And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, Beardless Wonders this week. Oh, yeah, shaved. We have both shaven. I forgot I shaved. We are both shaven men. Yeah. That's going to segue into me getting sick. Uh, oh, last did you week. shave because you got sick? Yeah. All right, let's talk about that. Um, yeah. I was at the Critics' Choice. Uh, choice? The Critics' Choice. Oh, my God. The Critics' Choice. The Critics' Choice. Uh, last weekend with my friend Matt. You may have heard the podcast. Uh, Andrew and I were planning on recording, but I got a message from Andrew that he was like, um, Salmonella, dude. Yeah. Salmonella. Were you like eating raw chicken? Like, what's going on? Apparently, I didn't cook the chicken long enough. Oh. Yeah. It really was chicken. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. chicken, not uh, cookie dough like Or some... peanut butter or, you know, some of the other things. I've that never you heard did. peanut butter. That's what I got salmonella. salmonella from when I got salmonella. It's not great, is it? No, it's not a fun time. But if you are ranking like food sick, like, you know, yeah. salmonella is up there with like some of the greats, you if know? You, if you. If you have to get sick, get salmonella. No, I'm saying like it's up there with some of the worst. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not generally. Generally, it's not life threatening if you if you treat it. If you stay hydrated, right? Hydration is the key. So because yeah, your body is getting rid of lots of fluids, which was a day was an issue. (laughs) Here's the thing: I was so violently ill. I told you this. I injured my sternum. Wow! From spasming like vomiting it so oh, hard i couldn't talk because i just hurt my sternum i almost pulled muscles and stuff it was oh. bad and here's the thing with me when i get sick i do weird things yeah like um like okay i'm just gonna get a whole bunch of blankets throw them on the bathroom floor and i'm just gonna lay on the bathroom floor for okay. like three days and then my brain if you ever have like fever dreams of like fever thoughts sure my fever thoughts make me do weird things. My fever thought made me hate facial hair. And that's why I shaved. My, okay. Because I was laying like, I can't stand the feeling of a beard Get on my the face. Get the hair off my face. Get the face. hair off my face. I almost shaved my head, too, but I stopped myself. Okay. Yeah. I've it, seen that before. I've, I've heard of people doing that. Like, Well, it's in Napoleon Dynamite, right? 
Isn't there a thing in Napoleon Dynamite where he's burning up and he shaves his head and all that? Wasn't that in that? Not him, but uh, Pedro. Is that what it was? I thought he just freaked out because, like, the stress mm. or something. It's been, yeah, maybe. But it's been a hot s- minute but, since But that's I've kind seen. of similar, right? Like, sure. It's kind yeah. of a freak out kind of, I got to get all this hair off my head exactly. you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So, yep, I'm, uh, I'm like, what, nine years younger now? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's weird. We are both in junior high again. I know. It's crazy. Like, you and I, we had beards for a while. Mm-hmm. And then once you shave and you see yourself in the mirror, you're like, oh. That's what my chin looks like. My jawline's not as prominent as I once thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, you know, for me it's all like the um you know when you shave you get, you know maybe not razor burn but you get like blemishes and little things on your yeah. face and like the beard covers all that up, man, yeah. you know. I never but, do I never do a close shave. Mm. I always do like stubble shave. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I use a razor, you know, every other day or so. Mm. Just kind of keep it close, but if I did, if I did stubble, it would have, it would have, um, it would have short circuited the reason I shaved, which was for my wife, because you, you know she doesn't like all the cuts, you uh, know, from cuddles. Yeah, the cuddle cuts. This has been Gillette cast for all of. <laughs> oh no, Gillette cast these days is all about the ad that they did that got all political. Wait, what last was this? week? You don't, rem- you don't remember this? No. Listen, we're not a political podcast. We're not going to go into it. But the Gillette ad was about men need to do better and. Like, you know, be the, be the men that are respectful to women and those kind of things. And so it kind of this fervor of like, you know, both sides had different things to say about it. So That's you, should, you should look it up. It's in, it was an interesting and to me, ridiculous yeah. fight. I'm not saying that being respectful to women is weird. I'm just saying for a shaving cr- uh, product, that's a weird stance to take. I mean, it's not like. Well, the, the tag, their tagline is yeah. the best a man can get. And so it's playing off of the idea of like this is the best a man can get is to be this person to other people and and that kind of thing. Yeah, just sell a razor. <laughs> sell a razor. Well, it's a lot of people were saying that, Andrew. Yeah. So yeah. If you look it up, you'll see both you'll see all sorts of wonderful heated conversation. Here's on that the ad. thing, and this is gonna get me in trouble, but I don't I don't care I'm saying it right now. All right, hey, listen. If you need Gillette to tell you to be respectful to women then you've got a lot more problems in your life. It's not like there's been abusive men or women out there, but once they saw the Gillette commercial, right. they're like, oh, I, I shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> you know, it's... But it could just be a celebration, too. It doesn't necessarily have to be instructive. It could just be, you know, celebrating the idea that men can, you know, be like this, even with all the news stories you hear about men who aren't being, you know, respectful sure. and those kind of things. So it could just be a celebration. My big takeaway is just... I'm tired of products taking political stances. That's great. That's a great takeaway. I actually, I heard, I read an article on that take, and it was one of my favorite takes, which is, you know, these are conversations we should be having with each other, not having in marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I think that's a good take. That's my one takeaway from it. And that's that's about as political as we'll ever get. But you mentioned we were the Gillette cast, so we had to go there. Sure. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing is we want you to know we've got a uh, brand new Twitter that you can follow um, at SIFPOP it's that simple S-I-F-T-P-O-P at SIFPOP and you'll hear a lot about what the the cool fun stuff that's coming up is happening we've been uh, sitting on that for a while that, yeah, that handle. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've had it since the beginning of the podcast. We just haven't really done much with it, but um, we're going to start moving stuff through there, especially as the the new website launches and things get a little exciting Sweet in these coming months. So, you ready to get into uh, the show? We got a good pot. we got a good show today. I'm excited. We're going to talk about M Night's latest glass. Uh, we're going to update the sift sort. Um, we did a sift sort when Split came out. Um, with our friend Desus was here, uh, and so we officially did that. So we're going to do an update, which is uh, a little bit different. And then we've got a Sift Quest that was sent in to us about uh, movies about addiction. And, of course, we'll do some buried treasure, but we like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one. The Batman <laughs> is said to begin filming this year. Matt Reeves' script has been turned in. It's official. One question: Who's going to be Batman? Because <laughs> Ben Affleck is out. So Are we sure he's out? They said hundred percent sure. The article I read, granted, it's an article. Ninety-nine percent, he's out. Mm. I mean that that doesn't surprise. I would guess that. That's what I would assume. 
Um, so here it is. Who do you want to be Batman? Oscar Isaac. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's really good. That was right off the top of my head, too. I hadn't, hadn't processed that. I did not know we were going to talk about this. Yeah. Oscar, I like Oscar Isaac. I think he'd make a great Bruce Wayne, and I think he'd make a great Batman. Is he, sh- how tall is he? Uh, that's, I have no idea. Yeah. It's hard to tell with actors, you know? Yeah. Camera tricks and all sorts of fun stuff, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about be- you? No, I, I was just curious. It just popped into my head, that question. Yeah. So, oh, who would I want to be Batman? You know what? It's Christian Bale was so good. <laughs> bring him back. But it would be weird. It bringing would be him very back. strange to bring anybody back. Yeah. Um. So, do we want an American to be Batman? Because it doesn't been, matter to me. I just want yeah. a good Batman. I do too. I just want a good Batman. I want a Batman if DC EU is mm-hmm. going to continue and they're going to get a new Batman. How is, is that going to work? Is it going to be connected to the Joker movie? I, I think that's separate, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. What we're talking about right now is the Batman. It's called the Batman. And this is in in a new version of the DCEU, or does this continue on with the Aquaman and Wonder Woman? I don't know. Like, is Gal Gadot going to, you know? I hope. She's awesome. And I do like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Um, Well, and I like, the only one I don't really know is Cyborg, but I I like, uh, what's his name that plays the Flash in the movie? He's fine, although I like Grant Gustin better, which we talked about many times. uh, Israel, Ezra Ezra Miller? Yeah, Ezra Miller, I think, plays the Flash in the movies. He's fine. I think he could handle his own movie, but it's just, they've just blown that so much, I didn't know if they were going to start over anyway, so. I don't, it's so weird. I don't know what they're going to do moving forward with this whole thing. I'm curious because they got off to the roughest of starts, and I just every single thing that gets announced brings up fifteen more questions for yeah. me. You know, so. yeah. I'm excited though, but the good news is it's you know Matt Reeves uh, who's done good work, so I'm excited to see what he what he brings to the table. Yep, he's he's good. I love I love Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. He's done good things. Release the bat. Release the bat. Uh, number two. Yep. Did you like the last three uh, Star Trek movies, Aaron? Yes. Too much. bad. No more. <laughs> shelved. Indefinitely. The Star Trek movie universe has been shelved. Yep. That's really sad to me. That cast is so perfect. Yeah. And I, they could make one of those every other year forever. Um, and I think they'd be fine. It's just, I, it probably got a little bit too expensive with the more and more the cast got known, Yeah, the harder it is to get them back for a bigger contract. And so. also with, um, what's his name passing away at such a young age? Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, I feel real bad for forgetting his name now, but I'm sure, you know, that plays a part in it. What I'm curious about is, are they going to move on from OG Star Trek to possibly doing next gen? I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Anton Yelchin is you. who, who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it is... I don't know. The property's not going anywhere. It's all over TV. They're talking about a new Picard television show on CBS All Access. Um, you know, they've got Discovery. Orville isn't technically Star Wars, but it's doing great. Star Trek. I'm Star Trek. Yeah, sorry. That was just a slip of the tongue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also not technically Star Wars. You are, what I actually, said was you know, not wrong. You are 100%. Aaron, I apologize. <laughs> I speak the truth. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, Star- I'm loving this new season of the Orville, by the way. Yeah, no, it's great. And yeah. I, just the Star Trek idea is not going away. So I think the movies will be back. Unfortunately, it's just going to be another reboot, reset. Yeah. Reset it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Number three? Yeah, do it. An actual Ghostbuster sequel is coming out later this year. Yeah, I heard about that. A surprise Ghostbusters 3 teaser dropped on YouTube. Um, yeah, we're getting we're getting the gang back together. This is super cool. I, I here's what I'm excited about. Um now, first of all, and I've I've been chastised for this before, but Ghostbusters isn't one of my movies. It's not in my best movies of all time. Mine either. I I like Bill Murray. It's fun. um, But it's not a movie. Like, I have friends. It's their favorite movie of all time. Like, it's number one. And I I get that because there's a nostalgia there, but it's not my nostalgia. So, having said that, uh, I'm, I'm always up for new ideas, new interesting takes on existing properties. It's fine with me. It doesn't bother me. Um, I like that uh, Jason Reitman is doing it. 
Um, the original Ghostbusters was his dad directing it, Ivan yeah. Reitman. So it's kind of interesting. And I like his movies. Now, what is he going to do with Ghostbusters? And how is Charlize Theron going to be involved? Because obviously they have to work together. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so those, are the, those are the kind of things that I'm curious about. But no, I'm yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I, def- I definitely care. I think a um, new take on Ghostbusters would be fine. I didn't hate the all-female Ghostbusters. It had a lot of problems, but I actually enjoy parts of it, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I think this, this universe is, is fine. Yeah. Bring it on. Let's go wrap it up for Do We Care. Nice. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's talk uh, glass. Let's take a look at our reflection in glass. My bones break easily. I've had 94 breaks in my life. But you have an extraordinary IQ. This is not a cartoon. This is the real world. No way. And yet, some of us still don't die with bullets some of us can still bend steel i've been waiting for the world to see that we exist m night Shyamalan brings together the narratives of two of his standout originals 2000's unbreakable and 2016's split in one explosive all-new comic book thriller glass Following the conclusion of Split, Glass finds Dunn pursuing Crumb's superhuman figure of the beast in a series of escalating encounters, while the shadowy presence of Price emerges as an orchestrator who holds secrets critical to both men. Uh, This is the movie Glass. This is, I guess, spoilers for Split. (laughs) I mean, if you're listening to this... I'm not going to fear it too much, but it is the movie that I have been most looking forward to this year in our anticipated movies. Um, It is not just a follow-up to Split, but somehow there's an Unbreakable trilogy that exists now, which is kind of mind-blowing and like came out of nowhere. You know what's even more... I know we need to get into the actual review, but you know what's even more mind-blowing to me? What's that? That's two different movie companies that made Unbreakable, which I think was Touchstone, and split and the fact that m knight was able to get the rights to be able to combine them and do his own thing and self-finance his own thing is really kind of mind-blowing anyway let's get talking about it uh did you like it love it hate it dislike it or it was just okay it was okay okay kind of didn't like it okay what you going with you gotta pick i'm gonna one. go with okay you're gonna go with the bottom side of okay yeah Bottom side of okay it is. I'm going with the high side of liked it. Really? I was really close oh, to good, loving this movie. Good, 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 good. Um, I wanted somebody to like it. I, I really did. And after I uh, watch movies, I will read a lot of my peers' reviews. And man, people don't like this movie. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of hate for Glass. Um, there are some who enjoyed it, like I did, but uh, for the most part, Man, I think it's like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah. So I'm interested to talk about it. It definitely okay. it definitely has flaws. Um, but let's talk about the good stuff first. And the reason I really like this movie, um, I, I just like how M. Night makes movies. I like how he sees things. I like how he uses the camera. I like his pacing and structure. It works for me. I think uh, a lot of the reason there's a lot of the negatives uh, that I hear are about it feels like a roll your eyes parody almost. And I think why that happens is because he is so distinct in his movie making style that, you know, in other people do it, it's a parody of him. And so enough people have parodied him. That now it almost feels like he's parroting himself, but he's actually just making a movie like M. Night makes a movie. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a little interesting in that way, but I it really works for me. The tension works for me. Um, the the performances work for me. Um, we certainly can't go much farther without talking about James McAvoy. Yeah, well, uh, before we jump into James and the Horde, I want to sure. add on to what you were saying. Yeah, I it. love the fact that, you know, even though you say there's cliches and stuff, but there's still things that Shyamalan is able to do uh, his use of color, symbolism, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hidden meanings, and, you know, they're just tucked away here and there, you know, and the stuff that, you know, Easter eggs, you know, that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that you really get to appreciate. And, yeah, this movie does have flaws, but there are things that he does that makes me think, oh, that's the Shyamalan I know and I love and I missed yeah. for a while. And he uses he uses color and camera work so beautifully 
And not just that, but so consistently with this universe. If you go back and watch Unbreakable, a lot of what I loved about the way he used the camera in Unbreakable is is the entire movie features... uh, Dutch angles? (laughs) Features reflections. You know, so many shots in mirrors or windows or those kind of things. And it's kind of the same idea. I mean, it's thematic, too, with what's going on in this world, right? Like... Um, who is your ego and who is your alter ego and what do those reflections mean? And then there's, even in this movie, new creative ways that he uses the idea of reflection or surface or glass or, you know, um, I, I'm not going to give that away here. Maybe I'll talk about some of those specific shots in in spoilers. Uh, but just to say, I I really dig the way this guy shoots movies. Really, really dig it. And the color theme is uh, the same throughout as well with the you know the the okra colors of the beast and the the purples of you know mr glass and the greens of you know and that all has meaning that all has value so uh one thing he's did in this movie i don't know if i appreciate it as much he had a lot of fps first person shots in this movie yeah that uh, i was like i have never seen Shyamalan do that in a movie it was Mm. weird i don't know how i felt about it i guess it was a now when you say first person shots do you mean handheld camera or do you mean like point of view shots pov shots povs okay there's po well there's both in this movie there's Mm -hmm. handheld and there's pov yeah yeah well i mean the very first the very first scene of unbreakable starts with pov right like it's uh him in the train looking through at the little girl and then you know looking back and Yeah. yeah so there's it's definitely something he uses in his tool yeah tool bag um, now we can talk about James. Let's talk about James. Master James. Guy's insane. Oh, it's insane how good he I, is. I don't. I, wow. I mean, it's one thing for <laughs> Christian Bale to transform into Dick Cheney for an entire movie, right? Yeah. Which is amazing. But James McAvoy just did that for 24 different characters in the same movie. You know what I mean? So, like When he transforms, you can look at him. In any frame of this movie and know which character he is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's brilliant work. So in Split, he played nine of the 24 personalities. In this movie, he filmed 23 of the 24. Only 20 made it into the final shot. Okay. So we see 20 personalities coming to the light. Mm Mm-hmm. That is amazing yeah, that he is so doing this. And yeah, just like you said, whenever you watch it, you're like, oh, that's that character. That's that character, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that are really prominent, you know, like... Uh, uh, Hedwig. Oh, Hedwig's the most prominent. Yeah, and, and, uh, Patricia. Patricia. I love in the credits, by the way. Did you? Oh, did the you credits see? are a list of every single one of... Instead of just uh, Crumb, you know, it right, has yeah. every single one of them. James McAvoy, just to... You know, really let you know he did every single one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is phenomenal in this. Uh, and you know what's, uh, if we're ready to move on, what's even more amazing is that I think Samuel L. Jackson almost matches him uh, with Glass in this movie. That is a phenomenal performance. I felt every second of what he was putting on the screen. Um, yeah. So I think the performance in, in, in this, I thought Anna Taylor-Joy was great. Even in the limited time that she had, Sarah so, Paulson was pretty good. Pretty good. I wouldn't put her up with no, those guys. But no, no, no. She, 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 I think both. I her, wouldn't put Anya up with those. It's those two guys for me. Yeah, the, but I would put Anya's performance above even like uh, Willis and and Paulson, who did fine. But but there was just something special. I liked. What's the kid's name? He was the original kid in the yeah. Movie. The, the, they got him back, and he's yeah. like thirty years old now. Has he been doing other stuff? Do you know? Uh, I haven't seen him in many things. So. I thought he was fine. I thought he did great. Yeah, um, he's Sp- like a Ro- Spencer Clark. He's like a Robin name. to uh, Bruce Willis's yeah. overseer, which is a really cool name that they gave him for this movie. You know, he yeah. didn't have an, uh, a name in Unbreakable, but the overseer. Yeah, I like it. I like there. There is a moment where they go through the evolution of his superhero name, which oh, I thought yeah. was kind of funny. Uh, t- that's another thing we're talking about. You know, M. Night's got a good sense of humor. There's some funny stuff in this movie. Let your dad go on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are those moments in here. At least the, the crowd I was in, which was uh, about 70% full, the theater that I saw it in. Um, lots of really good laughs. You know, really big laughs at the moments where you're supposed to laugh. A lot so. of Hedwick laughs. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah he's great. Uh, he's so great. Uh, who was it that played Hedwig? 
<laughs> uh, let's go through this. Uh, James McAvoy's listed for. Uh, uh, oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, it's James. It was McAvoy. 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 It was McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. It didn't seem like him. Yeah. Did he also play Patricia. I'll have to look it up. Give me a second. Here. <laughs> James McAvoy. Yeah, he did. Wow, wow he's wow. good. Man, that's insane. That's amazing. Um, any other positives you want to talk about before we kind of get on the flaws of this thing? This movie starts off on a really great pace. Yeah. And that's going to kind of segue into a con, but this movie, like the first, what, half an hour, maybe, is so good. Yeah. Like, you are just in it immediately because it catches you up on David Dunn, you know, because... Right. Yes, he was technically in Split, but we don't know what he's been doing. This movie catches you up on 19 years of what this guy's been doing. Right. It gives you a quick recap of Split, and then, boom, you're in it. And it doesn't really spend too much time on, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? It doesn't spend too much time on, like, so, you know, don't forget, this was happening in this movie. Right, it, it, like exposition it, and backstory. It, exactly. It's all natural. It all feels very natural to the story. It's all mm-hmm. part of exactly what's going on. The movie has things to tell you about these characters and what's meaningful to them. Because I guess I should mention this in the positives. I think the themes in this movie are really brilliant. Um, the idea of what it means to be super and not to let people tell you that you're, you know, your gifts aren't important and, and those kind of things. Well, that's going to mark off one of my cons. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. We can talk about it. If, if that didn't uh, connect with you, okay. I'd be interested to hear because it really connected with me. Okay, so this is what I wrote down mm-hmm. because the first uh, movie, Unbreakable, is talking about finding your place in the world. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. And Split is really talking about uh, accepting your inner and outer flaws. You yes, know? yes. This movie, I couldn't pinpoint what this movie was trying to tell oh, me. Oh, yeah. We can have a conversation about that. And go into even more depth in, in spoilers, but I definitely... There's there's a real through line here. Um, okay. I guess the non-spoilery way to say it is how I said it. There's a real through line here about um, not letting people tell you that your gifts aren't important. Okay. Not letting people bring down what makes you special. Um, and it's I, I think it's beautiful. now I see it. Yeah. Now yeah. that you say it. Yeah. But it didn't click up click with me. Sure. And maybe sure. this is why. After that thirty minutes, this movie hits a lull. Mm-hmm. It just drops down in mm-hmm. like you know keeping you well it gets it, it gets it, it has something it's it's doing but it's not active there's not a lot of action to what it's doing yeah. the the second act of this movie is very i this is this is how what i feel is where people get lost in the movie and where they probably lose the movie and probably why they don't like it is because they don't feel like there's anything important happening for that second act uh let's just say between the action scenes, between the action set pieces. Yeah. Um, but for me, man, I loved that stuff. Some of that stuff was the, it was the creative, you know, ways he did those. I, I liked the, the hospital stuff. I liked the hospital caretakers and kind of what they added. And so I was just in it. So, okay. And I think a lot of times that is the difference between liking or disliking something is if you stay connected or you don't stay connected. And if I had somehow disconnected during that time, I probably would have liked the movie a lot less. This is how it happened for me. The pacing in the beginning is so like, it's it's a metronome, you know, you just go, go, go. And then that pace slows down. But for me, it slowed down a jarring amount Mm. and it stayed at that very low pace for too long. Mm. And I can understand that. I can yeah. completely understand that. And then also the my final con is I really did not like the ending to this movie mm. at all. Well, we'll, oh. we'll save that conversation for spoilers. Sure, but I'm just saying that leads into you know the the momentum not building back up for me is like oh really this is what we're mm. gonna do this okay so fine. I think I dig it. I'm with you with it being a little bit of it's bold right like it's a big swing. Yeah, but it. It, yeah, he but swung sw- for the fences, but he missed. He See, struck out. See, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I'm always going, and you may be right, and I think for most people you're probably right. For me, um, I think it kind of works, and we can talk about more about why in spoilers. We're going to have a pretty good spoiler conversation I, I think so. I think so. But I will say this as just another pro. 
I love swinging for the fences. I love it when movies try something. Uh, it's one of the reasons that, you know, movies become very divisive. Vice is the same way. Vice is a big swing. You know what I mean? And if if you think it's a swing and a miss, it's a big swing and a miss. Yeah. If you think it's, you know, if you think it makes contact, it's a home run. You know what I mean? So it, it's kind of the same here where M. Night is taking a big swing, and I'm glad he's able to do it because... You know, I've 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 missed his filmmaking uh, in this way. Um, so. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about the end because uh, there are some things in the end, both pros and cons that I kind of want to bring up with where this movie decides to go. Yeah. And I think there's some very valid reasons why the end may feel hollow to some. So I, I kind of want to address those. Yeah. Um, without giving too much away here just to say if you've seen the movie listen to the sif spoil and we'll we'll chat about that kind of stuff there do you have one last thing um i don't know from for my one more thing i would say my biggest con that is non-spoilery is i do think m night here's how i'll put it i would love somebody else to write an m night directed movie um, I don't know that he is a superstar writer as much as he is a superstar director. He's and, very visually brilliant. Yes, he's visually brilliant, but the dialogue he's giving people to say is, man, it's just, it's overt and I wonder if that's intentional to be comic bushes. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it could be to play into the comic book part of what's going but on But I never here. felt but that in Splitter or Unbreakable. Well, I... I feel it in most of his movies that he's written. Um, Lady in the Water is this way as well. Okay, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about like signs, you know, as much as I love signs, but the dialogue is. Yeah. I think he's funny. He has an idea of what makes humor, but he doesn't he doesn't have enough understanding of authentic conversational dialogue. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? No, it's just thinking of signs that made me think that Shyamalan is actually an alien and he thinks that this is how humans <laughs> communicate. No, that's... That's a great point. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But how, I mean, how cool would it be to see M. Night direct an Aaron Sorkin written movie or, you know, like, <sighs> I mean, I don't know that maybe it'd be a mess. I don't know. I'm just saying like to see him actually take on somebody else's script in dialogue, I think it'd be really cool because it generally is the weakest part of his movies for me is the actual dialogue in scripting. I'm just curious about if M. Night Shyamalan ever directed an episode of The West Wing, what the big twist at the end would have been. <laughs> um, I uh, We haven't even mentioned whether or not you know we liked the twist in this movie. Um, I, I can't talk about it without... It'll have to be spoilers for yeah. me. Yeah, I think there's two main twists in this movie, um, which you know a lot of times I don't like even saying when there's a twist because that itself... But, but with Shyamalan. But with Shyamalan, I think everybody expects it. Yeah. Um, and one of them I thought was fine and worked fine for me, and the other one I have mixed feelings on. So we'll, we'll get to that in the Sif Spoil as well. Didn't like either. What's uh, what's your one more thing, or did you have anything else you wanted <laughs> Number to Number one movie of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Mine too! Yay! <laughs> Mine too! Um, although I saw Escape Room, and that was actually pretty good. But no, I like this even a little bit more than that, so... Uh, so there you go. That is glass. Uh, I'm glad that uh, that you didn't hate it, hate it. Although those make for fun fun conversations sometimes. Yeah. But uh, we'll get more into it in the spoilers. Um, all right. Well, let's get on to the Sif sort, shall we? Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at all of M. Night's movies, uh, starting with The Sixth Sense. He did actually direct a couple things before that. Uh, I haven't seen them. I don't know. If, no. Uh, neither of us have seen them. Uh, when we sift, uh, we did the same sift sort after split uh, with our friend Jesus. Yep. Um, and so here's how a re sift sort works. We take a look at the list as it is official, and then we have to offer challenges. So we have to challenge where a movie is on the list in order to get it moved. Uh, if both of us agree to the challenge, then we'll figure out where it goes. And uh, then we have to, after that, after all the challenges are done, then we have to place the new movie. So that's kind of the order of how things are going to go here. So uh, back when Split came out, uh, here is where we landed. You ready for this? Yes. Number one, Unbreakable. Number two, Sixth Sense. A tie for number three between Split and Signs. Okay. Number five, then, was The Visit. Number six is The Village. 
Seven is Lady in the Water. Eight, The Happening. Nine, After Earth. And ten, The Last Airbender. That is insane. That is literally what I wrote down, and well, I have glass in there. And it's it's funny because I didn't look at our split. Well, so it's crazy that I had the exact. When same I was list. re-listening to it, you you when we introduced it, uh, we said uh, this is the official sift sort and Andrew Ormsby. Oh, was it? Yeah, ranking oh, of these so movies. Funny. So it ended up going chalk with you. Um, not with me, however. So I do have a couple challenges I want to throw out to you. Okay. I want to untie split in signs. Okay. Uh, I would like signs to go above split. That's fine. Um, so, I have it. That's where I have it too. So I have signs at three and split at four. All right, um, and then I also want to challenge the visit. Um, I want to put the visit below the village. I think the village is a much better movie than the visit, even though they're both pretty good. Sure, I'll give it to you. Yes, challenge is accepted. Yep. I figured you might be willing to give since it was pretty much your list anyway. Yeah, and because I'm <laughs> wanting some lean leeway on where Glasgow's. So. Oh, all right. I see how this I'm is going. I'm playing a long game. <laughs> uh, I have no more challenges. Do you have any challenges? Nope. <laughs> it was my list. I challenged myself. Hey, you never know. Yeah. No, it's good for me. All right. So the re-ranking then has Unbreakable Six Sense Signs, uh, then Split. Uh, then The Village, and then The Visit. Yeah. All right. And then Lady in the Water happening after Earth and Last Airbender. Yeah, there's that is the the movie that shall not be named. No. The, those we don't speak of, as they say in The Village. Um, all right. So that is where we stand. Let's talk about Glass. Andrew, since I did the challenges, where do you want it? In between Lady in the Water and The Happening. Ooh, ooh, okay. So you think Split is that much better than Glass? Oh, so much better than really? Glass. Really? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Mm. Between Lady in the Water and The Happening, so Lady in the Water is better than Glass. Yeah. Um. You know what? I'll do you. If, I'll do you once. I'll I'll go between the Village and Lady in the Water. So one up. Where? But the visit is between the Village and Lady in the Water. So. Oh, yeah, because we reworked it. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. That's what I meant, though. The visit and then the lady in the water. Oh, I'd really like it above the visit. Tell me about the visit. Let's revisit the visit, shall we? Maybe. How for... are you feeling about the visit these days? Here's the thing with the visit. <laughs> it came out in a time when everybody hated Shyamalan. That's true. Yeah. So maybe that plays into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it once. And yeah. I thought, you know what? Shyamalan actually... You know what? Good for you, Shyamalan. <laughs> and then Split came out right after, and Split, you know, was like, oh, this is the Shyamalan I remember. Yeah. Well, and there's this thing with Split, too, though, that I wonder, like, how much that last moment weighs into my remembrance of that movie. I mean, I liked the entire movie. I really like Split a lot. You know, it was interesting. I mentioned this here. I don't think it's a spoiler. We talked about it when we talked about Split. There's that moment we were doing the podcast about Split in the three of us. And I mentioned the fact that the train, the and you both went like crazy because you hadn't thought of that. Do you remember that moment? You should re-listen that's, to it. It's funny. I, you I can remember. hear both of your minds blowing See, at the same time. I remember you talking about it, but that's what I was waiting for spoilers to talk about. See, I want to. See, I don't consider. It, you know, maybe we should save it for spoilers. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I mean, I haven't gone too in depth in it here. So I, apologies if it feels like a spoiler, but. It was. I did want to talk about it because it was a weird moment in the theater where everybody kind of gasped, and I was like, "Wait a second, people don't know that." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I knew that from the last move." Like, how did you not catch See, that? See, that's the thing. When they brought that up, mm-hmm. it was like, "Okay, is that going to be the twist? The twist that we knew from the last movie mm-hmm. is in this movie as the twist." I mean, it's very subtle in Split, but it's not like they ever come out and make it overt necessarily. Yeah, I thought it was an, more of an Easter egg, so yeah. they turned an Easter egg into a twist. For people who didn't know, the people sitting next to me were like, oh, he was on the train. And yeah. I'm like, oh, so yeah, people, I'm right, right there with you people that didn't know. And I'm like, well, technically, I didn't know until you told me. So maybe <laughs> I would have been flipping out. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, that was interesting to me, though, uh, that, that that became more um, explicit yeah. uh, and that, that surprised people. But anyway, so uh, 
the visit is where we were trying to figure out how what, how we feel about the visit these days. So I was saying maybe it's the fact that Shyamalan actually made a good movie because he did After Earth, Last Airbender, and The Happening right before, and those are atrociously yeah. bad movies. I think Glass is better than The Visit, don't you? I'll give it to you. I mean, The Visit, it's, I don't, it's fine, I, it's good, it's fine, but The Glass is, I mean, The Glass is is more special than the visit. Even if it doesn't work on all fire on all cylinders, like it feels to me like it means I'm more. I'm definitely realizing you like glass a lot more than I did now. <laughs> so, uh, sure. Okay. So it can be above the visit, but it's not going above the village. No, no, it's not going above the village. No, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it there. I mean, technically if it was just me, I might, I would have that conversation. Um, Let's have that conversation. No. It's not going there. It's not going there, but let's have the conversation. No. No? <laughs> okay. Fine. We'll have that conversation. Yes, James McAvoy is better than Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Although I Joaquin think, Phoenix is good in that movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, if and you're And I just seen this movie recently, by the way. What, The Village? Mm-hmm. I actually was okay with the final twist in The Village. I found it interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a double twist movie, too. There's, yeah. There's two twists there. With the Mernsters and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I think that the pacing in glass is way too out there for me to sure. say that I like it above the village. Because the village had me intrigued all the way until the yes. end. There weren't any unanswered questions in glass. You know, all the things mm-hmm. I was curious about, I'd known from Unbreakable and Split. And I think the village means more to me than glass. The village, the themes in the village about sheltering and you know about um portraying the outside world as monsters and i mean it's even relevant even more relevant today with so much of what's going on in kind of you know the news and politics and all that kind of stuff so i i think the the village is more meaningful anyway so i i actually might end up with glass below the village anyway here uh, another thing maybe this is more personal for me with the village we actually live fairly close to you know amish and mennonite communities around here. Sure. Uh, I've grown up with them m- my entire life. I don't know about you and, you know, up in Michigan, if yeah, you there's have a, any. Yeah, there's a lot of Amish uh, really? around where we okay. were, yeah. So, um, it just makes me curious about, you know, is this kind of a mentality thought that they have, like, the outside world? I know they have, like, Rumspringer and everything like that, but, you know, do they think of us outsiders as, you know, like, mm-hmm. n- not monsters, but, you know, heathenists, you know, mm-hmm. like, it just, you know, it... it Gave me a lot of questions that really I had never thought of before. So that's why I would have the village above because it, it made me think more than Glass did. I agree. I agree. Fair enough. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about it anyway. I think that was that yeah. was worth talking about. All right. So here it is: the official M Night Shyamalan Sift Sort update. It is number one, Unbreakable. Number two, Sixth Sense. Number three, Signs. Number four, Split. Number five, The Village. Number six, Glass. Number seven, The Visit. Number eight, Lady in the Water. Number nine, The Happening. Number 10, After Earth. And number 11, Those Who Shall Not Be Named. Um, so there you go. Man, Glass is higher than I thought it was. <laughs> well, wham, wham. It's not exactly your list. Wham, wham, wham. I, <laughs> I made so many compromises. You, you should be you proud did. of me. I am very proud of you. Thank you. You did very well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's the Sif Pop Sif Sort for M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, before we get on to the Sift Quest, just a reminder, you can be a member of Sift Pop. You can do that at patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Lots of fun stuff there. Starts at three bucks a month. Uh, you get your own podcast feed that has bonus episodes in it. You get a chance to hang out, do a video hangout once a month. Uh, at certain levels and lots more fun stuff coming with the new website launch that's happening soon so uh, thank you for your membership and we appreciate you you can go to patreon.com slash sifpop to get started one other perk that I haven't mentioned uh, in a while now that we're uh, doing more advertising on the podcast uh, those pay- those member podcast feeds don't have those ads in them so uh, those are ad-free there at Patreon. So patreon.com slash Sifpop. All right, let's move to the Sift Quest, which comes to us from Matthew on Twitter, who says, with Beautiful Boy being released on Amazon Prime recently, did you see Beautiful Boy? You did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what movies portray recovery from addiction the best and the worst? My examples would be Days of Wine and Roses and 28 Days 
respectively. Um, be interesting to hear his thought on why 28 Days portrays it the worst. Um, but I get Days of Wine and Roses. Uh, now, I, before we get into this, Andrew, I've never dealt with substance abuse addiction. It's not something that's been a part of my life directly or really even indirectly. Nobody in my family um, have I had to go through. You know, I've, I've lived a, a very hashtag blessed life, so to speak, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so these movies don't hit me in the same way they hit a lot of people. And I'm not sure I'm aware of the accuracy or not accuracy of things because I haven't experienced it necessarily in the same way. Interesting. Having said that, I did look at some movies uh, that I think portray it um, that seem to be authentic and definitely are moving. You know, they're movies that that move me on the subject, that help me understand. And I, I don't know that Beautiful Boy might not be at the top of that list. That movie helped me understand addiction in a really deep and meaningful way. So... Um, so that was definitely one for me, but what, what do you got? What are some of the ones you were thinking about? Uh, I have one movie that's pure about addiction and then two movies that are kind of about recovery. Great. So yeah, absolutely. Addiction movie is, it has to be Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I mean, that movie's tough, man. That is a tough movie to watch. (laughs) There's only two movies that made me physically ill when I watched it. That Mm -hmm. one and Clockwork Orange. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's to the I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it's almost to the movie's detriment for me. Like, it's hard for me to connect to how awful the addiction is just because I'm I'm too it's it's too grotesque in some ways. Um, That whole last 15 minutes is like one of the hardest things to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But I think it's a decent choice. Yeah, it's I love the movie. It's in my top 100 movies of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Just for how. It's unlike any other movie I'd ever seen, yeah. really. Um, do you want to throw out one? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. I think this year has been a, a great year for movies about addiction. Not just Beautiful Boy. Uh, ben is Back is... That's the Julia Roberts one, right? Yeah, and what's really interesting about that one is it feels very authentic from the family's point of view. Uh, kind of what it means to have a child. who de- Now, obviously, Beautiful Boy directly deals with this, too. But the interesting part about this is... Uh, one of them's kind of father, one of them's father, son, and one of them's mother, son, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a difference. There's something, you know, interesting and different there. And, um, the way she is fighting to give him another chance and the rest of the family just is done is it was, it was kind of fascinating to me. So, um, uh, is back. I want, uh, is one I would mention that I think does it really well. Yeah. One I'm going to throw out one of my favorite movies. I love this. The fighter. Yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. I didn't even think about that as an addiction and recovery movie, but you're right. A lot of people would just, you know, pass it off as a boxing movie. A boxing movie, movie, yeah. But really, Christian Bale, I mean, he won an Oscar for the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, His addiction, I think it was a crack is what he was Mm addicted. True story, for those of you who don't know. Uh, It's a really great recovery movie because, you know, you see this brother who is fallen, you know, to the bottom of the barrel and he's fighting so hard to be somebody that his brother can respect again and trust again. Mm-hmm. So good. Christian Bale, like you said, is just insane how no, amazing he is. that's a great choice. That is a, that is a fabulous choice. I had forgotten how deep the addiction plot line is as a part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's a really good choice. Uh, Star is Born. This year is another mm-hmm. a good look at the, the depth and the power of uh, addiction and substance abuse. Um, man, the moment where... there's this thing where people are trying to protect her from him and the manager at one point sits down with him and Mm, and it's 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 so rough and then of course what happens after that is so rough but it's just like i don't know there's there's something uh, hopeless about it and yet there's there's something through most of it that that tries to find the light tries to find the hope so um I, th- I thought it was good, and and it's honest in a way that a lot of addiction movies can't be because, um, well, I, I, I'm trying to tiptoe around spoilers, but it, it, sure. it's honest in the possible outcomes of addiction and abuse. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, last one I'm going to throw out is Crazy Heart, Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought about that one. Oh, man, that's a good... If you if you know alcoholics, I've had several alcoholic <clears throat> family members in my life, mm. and this one is like so re- hits the nail on the head. I mean, yeah. I, was, I don't know musicians or anything like that, but you know, just the portrayal of you know trying to get back to where you were, you know, of like don't let 
the alcohol define who you are, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jeff Bridges is great in that movie. It's Absolutely. so good. Uh, and Denzel is great in the movie Flight. Oh, I, yeah. I thought about putting that one, but I I don't remember enough about it. I saw it once, and then I just forgot about it. It's, a, it's another one that kind of deals with the same thing and and about how substance abuse uh, just takes you. It, it, the idea that I see in a lot of these is that addiction, what it does is it takes you farther than you thought you would ever go, right? Like it... It drops you down below what you ever thought possible. Um, I, you know, the fact that he's flying planes upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was gonna say drunk, <laughs> but upside down, sure. He's the sloshed Sullenberger. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I, I think there's an honesty to that that's interesting. In in flight, does that well. Did you have any on the bad side, like that you felt like? Because he did ask for worst as well. I didn't actually betrayals. read that part of the uh, question. Uh. The only one I could think of was, I mean, I would almost put train spotting there just because it's it's so the ridiculousness is kind of amped up in some ways. And so it doesn't seem to take it as authentically for me. I know someone very much disagree with that. So maybe it's the fact that I just say, oh, it's a Danny Boyle movie. I'm not right. supposed to take it on that serious note. Right. Uh, and then Scarface. There's, there's, uh, was the bad other Lieutenant one. is probably okay, a really there bad. You go. Yeah. There you go. Any that Nick was, Cage, any bad Nick Cage movie where he's coked this, out of his mind. That was the same kind of feeling I was going with Scarface <laughs> as well. It's you know, it's just a little too yeah. over the top to be. And Scarface meaningful. isn't a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that as well. Yeah. We agree on that. Uh, well, there you go, Matthew. Thank you for the question. We appreciate the Sift Quest. If you'd like to send us on a Sift Quest, uh, all you got to do is email us. Uh, just send us an email at feedback at siftpop.com. You can also leave a DM uh, at Twitter is fine as well, either at siftpop or at Aaron Dicer. Either one should work, and we look forward to answering your question, solving your problem, ending your debate, whatever the case may be. Uh, we've got some time for some buried treasure. What do you got, Andrew? We probably have the same thing, potentially. <laughs> well, is it because things release on Netflix and we watch them right away? Oh, Netflix for you, huh? Yeah. Okay, well, then you go right ahead. <laughs> you want me to start? Yeah, because mine's not Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, the documentary on the Fire Festival. I think it's just called Fire on Netflix, F-Y-R-E. Mm -hmm. um, there are competing documentaries. Yeah. Hulu dropped one as a surprise. Uh, which I think is hilarious. And basically, I did some research, and most of the people I trusted said the Netflix one is better. Okay. Watch that. The Hulu one is interesting, and you'll probably want to watch it, too, after you watch the Netflix one, and they're absolutely right. As soon as I watched the Netflix one, I was like, oh, I got to watch the Hulu one, too, because I need to know as much about this thing as possible. Uh, it basically just follows this guy who's a slick talker salesman trying to make money off of you know people who want experiences and are willing to pay a lot of money for them. But isn't doesn't do the work it takes and the planning it takes to do a music festival in just the absolute. Do you remember when this happened? I was just about to ask: Were you watching this live as it as it was happening? Yes. Oh, it was so it was fascinating. Yet I felt I don't know if I felt bad. Yeah. For no. The well, well, most people used it as an easy target, right? Like yeah. these millennials spending you know ten thousand dollars on something they don't even know. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I get that. I understand the Schadenfreude that kind of is part of human nature, where you you know want to see rich people fall or fail, that kind of thing. The problem is they're not the only ones who were affected. These the caterer, caterers, yeah, and these stuff. bohemians that you know put on this event and. You know, there's this incredible interview with a woman who runs the local bar there about her own money that she put into it because she was supposed to get paid and she never got paid. And mm -hmm. and um, it is heart wrenching. And it's just like there are consequences, not just to you, but to lots of people. There's audio that's been released. Um, I don't know if it's in the documentaries because I haven't seen it of uh, I forget the main guy's name, but he was like it was like audio of him talking about how he was asking the people, I still need you to work. You're not going to get paid, but I still really need you to work and stuff like that. And, yeah. and they're like, so you're never going to reimburse us for if we work? He's like, no, I'll never pay you, but I would. I really need you to work. Yeah, it's yeah, the, the stuff you'll see in this documentary is kind of... I mean, there's just... What's interesting is we elevate this idea of um never giving up and going for it and dreaming big right these are all things we elevate but those things can lead to delusion and what you really get a sense of is that billy mcfarland is his name by the way thank you uh what you really get a sense of is that billy is he's just delusional like it's just he thinks that positive thinking is going to make it all just work out and that everything's you know going to be okay 
and it's just not real. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so to see him in Ja Rule's a big part of this as well. They were kind of the Yeah, the I head. remember Ja Rule being. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me. Uh, the Hulu one actually features an interview with him from prison because he did go to prison for this. Yeah, he did. Which is good. I think he should be in prison. Um, but uh, it actually has an interview with him that they paid him for. And Netflix didn't want to do that. And so he doesn't have the direct interview in this. But I think it's uh, I think it's fabulous. I can't speak on the Hulu one. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's good, too. Um, but I can tell you the Netflix one is really good. Okay. Really good. Well, I'll probably check my, it out. My favorite documentary of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's <right>. high praise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's your uh, buried treasure? True Detective Season 3. Oh. There's a, I've only seen one episode. But it's enough for me to... Wow, um, that's calling it early. Yeah. Um, Mahershala Ali is... It's, it's, One episode was enough for you to wash away season two. Yes. Okay. Yes, easily. Uh, well, that's the beauty of a, a show that gets to start over each year. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would put it. I would put it up there with the pilot for season one of just like grabbing me and like, okay, this is the story I want. Give mm. me more of the story because it's it's more like season one in the fact that, you know, it's going back and forth in time, you know, of when they're old and when they're young and, you know, re uh, reexamining the case when, you know, they're a certain age and stuff like that. Um, Hershaw Lee is phenomenal in this. Stephen Dorff is good. Scoot McNary, who you and I love from Halt and Catch Fire and yeah. many other things. And he, Narcos. And Narcos. Crazy good. Yeah. It, I... I'm gonna be excited for this one. Okay, even though it's I was list, supposed, man. even though I was supposed to audition for the show, but they never <laughs> called me. You never called me. It's fine. I'm sure Scoot McNary's doing bitter. a good job. Yeah, that's right. You had an audition set up for. Yeah, and uh, for they never they never called me. <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. You know, there's a there. I mean, there's more and more stuff coming to shoot around here. So oh. you know, get some more. Get that, get that, uh, get that headshot ready. Get it out there. It is. Get, I, get the new shaven headshot. Oh, I don't have one of those. I only have uh, uh, grizzled beard man headshots. <laughs> They're probably looking more for that anyway. See, that's what I was thinking. But no, nope. when they come down this way, didn't get that. One episode in, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, that's. I mean, that's encouraging. I guess. That's yeah. All it took. Well, nicely done. We did it. We did a podcast. Congratulations, Recovered Aaron. from salmonella and travel and everything. <laughs> yeah. Puked out a podcast without hurting our sternum. <laughs> yeah, that ER is not going to forget me for a while. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media, or you can search for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming out. Thanks about it talking about stuff you can find him at flick freaks all over social media so feel free to say hey to him there you can say hey to me at aaron dicer much love and gratitude to our patreon supporters for giving monthly to make sif pop a real thing support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout also your support going to be directly helping sif pop expand in 2019 to some fun new areas you can find out more at patreon.com slash sift pop uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast you can comment rate or leave a review at itunes which we'd appreciate you can also email at feedback at and finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than keeping Hedwig from stealing the light. Spoiler chat should be next up for uh, Glass, and then next week, right now it's looking like we're, we'll talk about the kid who would be king. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes and see if there's anything else in this <laughs> barren month of January that yeah. we want to talk about. But we'll catch you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.